Here at Hutton Orbital, we know that people's attention spans are getting shorter and that many people would rather speed up their playback so that they can get through the obviously awful experience of watching a movie or TV show much faster. Creators of high-quality entertainment have been quick to decry this practice, and so have we. However, despite the generous amount of time available to pilots during the long run out to Hutton, we too are receiving requests from commanders for excellent drama that they can get through faster. On the basis that one out of two ain't bad, we've decided to help. Rather than just speed everything up, which would mean that you, the listener, would miss much of the subtle nuances of our performances, plus Cow would be saying, you bastards, much more often, we've decided that curated content is the answer. To that end, we present another edition of the Hutton Orbital Players Condensed Drama Series. And yes, we are quite aware of the irony in having such a long introduction to a piece that has been condensed to save time. So, without further ado, shilly-shallying, delay, postponement, procrastination, hold-up or cunctation. And yes, that is a word, and no, it's not rude. Go look it up after the show, whoever said we weren't educational. We present our condensed version of an historical piece called 2001 A Space Odyssey. Our opening scene shows several ape-like creatures vying for supremacy in a dry, dusty landscape. <laughs> it's at this point that the producers of this show would like to apologise for the lack of visuals during this first scene, since the dialogue may not sufficiently convey the sense of the action that's taking place. We will fast forward through many minutes of the ape-like creatures interacting, fighting, until one morning one of them rises early and spots what looks like an enormous bar of plain chocolate, probably 100% cocoa judging by the darkness of its surface. After shuffling round this monolithic confection, in a dance for which he can only he can hear the music, our ancestor what do you mean that's a spoiler? Surely even people who are habitually riveted by the meanderings of lave radio had worked that out by now. <clears throat> so our ancestor touches the chocolate, licks his finger, and starts pondering. Soon he picks up a large bone, starts hitting other bones with it. And then, disappointed and frustrated with his attempt to make a Stone Age xylophone, he throws the bone into the air, where it tumbles lazily end over end, before it finally just hangs there for no good reason, and seamlessly metamorphoses into a spaceship, presumably through an as yet poorly understood branch of evolution. Cut to the inside of the spaceship, where we can see that there is no artificial gravity and the ship contains just a single passenger and one space stewardess who appears to be wearing a hairdryer. Once again, we'd like to apologise for the lack of dialogue. We just didn't realise how, how little is said in this film until it is too late. Still, 
I'm sure there'll be some good bits. Our spaceship rendezvous with a space station, and in an incredible piece of prescience, it appears to be a form of orbis station, as yet unfinished. And in the background, we can hear Johann Strauss's Blue Danube. It's awe-inspiring to think that our ancestors back in the 20th century could foresee this exact scenario that we see in our galaxy today. Minus the lasers and ships being blown up for loitering, of course. Mind you, they reckoned that the spaceship was owned by Pan American, and that company went bankrupt in 1991, so they obviously didn't know everything. There now follow several really mundane scenes with dialogue designed to show how normal it is to be on a space station. Walking about, video chatting with people back on Earth. We'll skip over these and go to the surface of Earth's moon, where people are moving around in primitive precursors to our SRVs. And, of course, walking about on said surface. We see another monolith, bigger than the one we saw earlier. This one is still black but we suspect that it's not made from chocolate. There really is a lot of description in this one. You know, we really didn't think it through when we picked this story for the radio, did we? I mean, honestly, a visual, okay. And when sunrise happens, and it does happen, and the light hits the slab, there's a horrible high-pitched squeal. Kind of like Moof getting his left nut caught in a, a drawer again. And, and everyone tries to cover their ears despite the fact that they're wearing spacesuits. Okay, look, I promise there's some dialogue coming up. The players are on tenterhooks. We are on another spaceship now, heading towards Jupiter. This is pre-frame shift, so even travelling to a nearby planet involves a wait longer than the queue for Cubicle 3 on a Friday night. Two pilots, Poole and Bowman, interact with each other and with mission control and family on Earth. Look, we know that they say things, and you're waiting for dialogue, but it's so banal that we're skipping this bit as well. Okay, don't believe us? Fine. Here's one line from Paul's father. And see you next Wednesday. Told you. That man was rude. And a day late, by the sound of it. That, that's a line for Draxer, by the way. So I'm going to pause here. Draxer, have a think. They interact with the ship's computer, HAL 9000. This leads to unmissable lines, uh, such as... I have just picked up a fault in the AE-35 unit. How come you get to play the computer? It gets all the best lines. Nearly all the flaming lines come to think of it. Let me have a go. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. There are various support malfunctions on the ship, including one that kills all the rest of the crew who were hibernating, so any of you lot who thought you'd get a speaking part are going to be disappointed. The two surviving astronauts, our heroes, suspect that the computer is behind all the problems and they concoct a plan, which involves one of them going outside the spaceship in a pod, which is a sort of jet-powered SRV without wheels, a, a ship-launched doesn't fighter, if you will. To work on the plan, in a place where the computer cannot overhear them, they speak in one of these pods, in its bay on the ship. The silly buggers do this in front of the pod's window, where the computer can lip-read 
everything they're saying, despite there being a camera in the pod which makes it bleeding obvious. Because audiences in the 20th century had smaller bladders than we do today, there's a, an intermission at this point where cinema goers could buy Kiora, chalk aces and cigarettes. Oh, and then it's me, isn't it? <coughs> Chalk ices! Chalk ices! Two pound! Two pounds? Wow. Their suspicions are confirmed as, if controlled by a homicidal docking computer, the pod goes mad and sets Pool adrift during a spacewalk. Bowman goes out to rescue Pool, and when Hal tries to prevent him from returning, he has to fire himself across the vacuum of space without a helmet. On his spacesuit. A little annoyed with the computer, Bowman decides to shut it down. But in order to keep the life support running, he has to do this manually, one module at a time. This leads to the computer saying, Stop, Dave. Stop, Dave. I am afraid. I am afraid, Dave. Bowman pilots the ship to its destination, where he finds another really, really, really fonking big monolith. This one's not made of anything edible, I can tell you that. He approaches, and the last transmission that Earth hears from him is... My God! It's full of stars! Now, it all gets a bit odd. So, if you're listening to the podcast, and you haven't already read the story you might want to go and do so. Uh, Bowman wakes up in a hotel room, spends a long time there, grows old, then instead of dying, is changed into an enormous fetus. I mean, planet-sized. The fetus is actually the star child and has enormous power. It ponders, thinks about what it might achieve with godlike abilities, and then it knows what it must do. In a head that's the size of a rocky ice world, a mouth the size of Russia opens and says, Our mics are live. Good evening, good evening, good evening, all wonderful truckers. I'm your host for this evening, Dick Chafing, and it's lovely to be back. Feels like it's been ages since we started. No, it's been ages since I last sat in this chair. And yet, disturbingly, it's still warm. And a little bit damp. I'm just going to fetch a hairdryer. Um, so, and I change the trousers. <clears throat> you lot, introduce yourself while I'm gone. Uh, hold on. <clears throat> well, good evening, everyone. I'm often accused of being Rudolf Hucker. And I'm the self-confessed Harry Balzac. I'm Commander Wotherspoon. Hear me roar. You've all met me, well my finger do. I embody the bosom of my family. I'm Norma Snockers. I'm Lou Snockers. With a name like that, can you blame me for being obsessed? I just gotta get some... I've got to put down some kitchen roll. Jeez, I don't know. There we go. 
Right. Uh, okay. I think I'm ready. Shall uh, shall we get on with the news? It's Cosmic Lady. Pad camping turns into naked campout. Virus system, virus free. Sometimes being a trucker sucks. Galnet lockout as Wotherspoon's ID card revoked. Beatrice is here once again with What to Do versus The Green Goo. Loose playing it fast and loose. And Norma knows what everyone does. Commanders, commanders, I'll say that so you can hear commanders out on the hot mass mission to mug every single station have been in for a treat this week with the latest installment of Cosmic Ray and the Mighty Muon, Muon, Mion, Moyong Telescope hitting their inboxes. This long-running graphic novel, we won't use the word comic because it makes us think of the Beano or Buster or Dandy or Twinkle is written and inked by Hutton's very own Commander Dog's Breath. This month, Cosmic Ray, resplendent in his spandex onesie, has been visiting an ice world, fighting off pods of space orcas with his scintillator, that's a spangly space disco laser rifle for those who missed parts 1 through 12, all to deliver vital firmware to Ice Station Mawson. Dodging coronal mass ejections, our hero pilots the orange ruffy through the system, navigating near blind thanks to the muon scope and its powerful zoom. His enemy, the stooge, and his dastardly weather machine battle page by page, the thwart of our hero, but bubbles of kapow and pew pew we've seen whilst reading over Saimu's shoulders tell us that he will prevail. Save the day and of course return to hero his way through the pages and on to a nail-biting cliffhanger. Next month he faces his greatest enemy yet, Growler and the Spacebergs. Will he get there in time in his jet launch? Will the spandex get torn just over his biceps again in a manly and heroic fashion? Will his rugged good looks and serious eyebrows cause monsters to wilt and women to swoon? Subscriptions available from the Hutton Orbital Souvenir Shop or by sending a self-addressed envelope and 20 credits to PO Box 4 TH3MUG. During his last visit to Hutton Orbital, Commander Bucknecked was devastated to discover that the McThargoids was temporarily shut down due to a backup of grease and Thargoid bits. Sorry, that should read a shortage of grease and Thargoid bits. Undeterred, he sc scraped off some Thargoid hearts that still clung to his ship and barbecued them over an open campfire on his landing pad. Ah, oh, bless. After an enjoyable dinner, well, as enjoyable as it could be without a McStiffy to wash it down, he parted ways with the station to push mugs out to those mugless Bamstons who need them in their lives. 
Unfortunately, he forgot to stamp out the fire. The next commander setting down noticed it and thought that accommodations were unavailable, tossed down his camping bag and proceeded to sleep the night away. This started a backlog, and with each subsequent commander enjoying the campfire a bit too long, sleeping, toasting s'mores, telling scary stories and the like, the queue for Pad 3 was almost back to Alvin Station. The authorities at Hutton Orbital are now searching for Buck to fine him for lighting fires with intent. I'm uh, sorry, intent. We at Hutton Orbital News would like to state that while campouts are fun, pad camping is not. Please reserve campouts to Planetside, well away from civilized areas. It makes smalls toasting and scary stories that much more exciting. The Galactic Health Organization has received reports that the virus system, 130 light years from Sol, has been cured of mods. However, owing to a possible infection risk, he won't tell us what the infection actually is or the establishment in which he caught it, Commander Montgomery Python, all-round good guy and mug deliverer extraordinaire, will be on a 14-day self-imposed quarantine and will not be visiting Hutton Orbital during this time. Commander Doc Jack is trying very hard not to look smug. Continuing our superhero story, Commander Short Engineer had a close encounter of the blood-curdling kind last week. As Hutton's premier deep space explorer, xenophotographer and lover of all things mollusk, He's used to all sorts of creepy crawlies, magic mushrooms and tentacled terrors rubbing themselves up and down against his hull. But this encounter left him more than a little shaken. Stopping off at one distant Earth-like world when parking for the night and finding a suitable landing zone on the dark side of the planet, he duly went to sleep, only to be woken with a start by a tapping at his ship door. Still way too sleepy to be thinking straight, he opened the hatch, only to be viciously attacked by a humanoid form armed with a big pointy thing and determined to sup on his vital fluids. Yes, he'd found the crash site of the long-lost, fabled phlebotomists of doom, the members of a genetic experiment gone wrong in early Earth-space history, not to be confused with early Earth history, where they'd have been burned as witches or early Earth prehistory, when they'd be frozen in amber and then resurrected by the Donity's science base in Jurassic World. Their adjusted biology leaves them with an insatiable thirst for human blood and a fascination for all things hypodermic. Jumping back, he clearly walloped his head on something, knocking himself out before waking with the dawn and realising that he was missing nearly an armful. It's all true. We've seen the note from his best mate Rampage. Unfortunately, it was caught up with his appointment card for his next appointment with Nurse Wyeth, which we're sure isn't connected in any way to the preceding story. To further compound the Golnet News Writers Strike, the kidnap of the Sagittarius Eye Newsroom and the bubble-wide embargo of the salacious red-top misogynistic low-brow publication, the Daily Gull Mail, disaster struck our very own Commander Weatherspoon when he discovered that his access pass had stopped working. <laughs> 
He gave it a swipe, then a wipe and a swipe, then ran it up and down through his sensor repeatedly, breathed on it, rubbed it, and it still wouldn't allow him access to the vital facilities he so desperately needed at Hutton Orbital. Switching instead to biometrics, his retina scanned returned with, please try the other eye. Both times. His fingerprint was declared as expired, please choose another finger, and then refused to accept the middle finger he duly showed it. Voice print identification misrecognized him as a maintenance robot, and his DNA test declared him to be the father of half the station, and mother to the other half. Needless to say, in his desperation to access the executive washrooms, he resorted to a combination of scathing commentary and a portable gimbaled beam laser, and cut his way through to the necessary facilities, which led to his arrest. The matter was all cleared up due to negative Yaffle, uh, Detective Yaffle of the Bureau of Investigation into Newscasters, or Boink, and the blame was securely placed at the feet of one TJ, a tinkerer of electronic systems and known troublemaker about these parts. We're glad to say that the news has been released. Commander Wotherspoon is much relieved and his identification card has been re-released. Good evening, truckers. Atrus5068 reporting in with the latest intel on the Thargoid War. Once again, we have no new updates from the Eagle Eye system and Aegis is not answering any calls. The bitch must have gone on holidays or something. Boffins at Cannon have been feeding biscuits into any access port they can on the Eagle Eye installations in the hopes that it will bring the system back online. It goes to say, these boffins may be suffering from a lack of Alpha Centauri Mega Gin to fill their hut and mugs after their recent treatment for mods. Whilst the boffins come to grips with sobriety, AXI is still fighting off Thargoid incursions in HIP 16813, Lembassa and Evangelist. Taygetta was finally cleared of the Thargoids and a little bit of ointment just to clear up that rash, giving the hive a bit of breathing space. And while AXI has been defending humanity, Operation Ida has been patching it up to celebrate their recent milestone of a hundred stations repaired since the start of the war. They are spreading the love across the galaxy, that's nice. With raffles and prizes and all sorts of lovely things to anyone wanting to haul for them during the old Earth holiday known as Valentine's Day. Their current target for station repairs is Iron's Dock in Tamit. Sounds like a lovely way to spend the holidays. If hauling to show your love to your partner is not your thing, why not give them a gift of a Thargoid heart, freshly ripped from the wreckage of an Interceptor or an AX Combat Zone? Good luck out there, truckers, for the mug and for the Valentines. Would someone please deliver some of the gin to the Genosis? The boffins are getting really randy at hearing about Valentine's Day. We need to put them back in the labs. <laughs> Incoming encrypted transmission. Decrypting. Decryption complete. Stand by for a message from Hexcom Actual. Well done, Hexwing. 
Tegeta is cleared of the Thargoid incursion, and Titan's daughter is no longer burning. <laughs> Must have been all that ointment and the basic medicine supplies we shipped in. W- would you like to take this over, Corporal? Oh, s- sorry, sir. No, I'll just be over here uh, filing some uh, forms. <clears throat> Thanks again to all our combat and rescue pilots for their hard work. Tharg has shown a stronger tenacity and won't be pushed out of incursions as easily as before. We're still fighting an HIP-16813, so continue hitting the AX conflict zones there hard. Note the asteroid base, Sister's Refuge, in HIP-16813 has not been attacked, so no rescue operations are needed in that system. If you are a rescue pilot looking to help, Sal Prospect in Lembus and Khan Relay in Evangelis are both still burning and seem to have an endless supply of evacuees to remove. Honestly, I think some people just enjoy harassing our brave rescue pilots and sneak back onto the station just to take another trip and complain about the 30-second journey. Since Eagle Eye is reporting no new infestations, we have no indication if or when Tharg will attack again. I suspect he is throwing all forces into the current incursions instead of spreading them thin to scout new systems. That would explain why incursions were being repelled in two or three days before and now are lasting several weeks. Regardless, Hackswing will continue to fight hard. Stick with your wingman, keep an eye on the signal sources, and continue to defend the mug. Hackscom message complete. Defend the mug. Encrypted transmission complete. Who remembers Avid in Avic? I don't, and it was my idea. Anyway, <clears throat> despite the fact that I've been to sleep since then, and have therefore forgotten all but the fact that someone said that once, I'm aware that a lot of commanders put a lot of effort into securing that system. And although we're still comfortably ahead of the other factions, the movements below us, oh, not those kind of movements move, are concerning. Sirius Corporation are in second, and due to their propensity to gain sudden bursts of influence due to permit-hunting vagabonds, that is a concern as is the steady and allegedly unintentional rise in the influence of the energetic dog fondlers. The aim for this week, in between your mugging duties, is to use the famine state to boost Purple Central Incorporated and the boom state to boost our good selves, whilst using the bust state to drive Sirius into the elephant dung flingers. If we time it correctly, we can hope... Sorry, we can hop Purple Central Incorporated over the erotic dance faculty and Sirius while they're battling, and restore order to the system. To your stations, truckers. Over in Colonia, there's an election in Tier which we intend to win. So missions, passenger missions, trade, and general good stuffs over there. Let's spread Alvin's glory over the system. Speaking of over, my bit is. So over to Norma. Good evening, everyone. I'm all confused as to whether I'm me this week or I'm covering for Flossie, whether Lou's coming and or going and what's going on. Hang on, I've got some notes. First tonight, just in case you're not delivering mugs and instead want to blow things up, we've been invited to a Friday night fight by the New Pilots Initiative, which is just a cover for the code. As Hutton occasionally feels a bit fighty, 
And just in case you feel like letting your anger out on Valentine's Day, 2200 Galactic Time in open over in Santu, meeting at Chomsky Station. Bring a small ship, no engineering allowed, no vultures or diamondbacks, and blow anything up that moves. Show your love by giving the gift of molten lead and plasmas. Second on my list is a little expedition that started last week out in the Perseus Arm, organised by Commander Dr Nagy. They say this expedition aims to map the western side of the Perseus Arm, a most uncharted, mostly uncharted region of space. Starting from the birthplace of humanity, we will embark on a long journey to the furthest star system we can reach in the Milky Way, where no other expedition has gone before. In order to prove that explorers don't need the biggest, fanciest ship to do long-range exploration, and even the smallest, most basic ships can do just fine, this expedition will be restricted to small ships only. They left from Seoul on the 8th, are due to reach the next waypoint at Bubble Sector PD-XSB4-4 on February 15th, that's Saturday, and then to redo AW-ED11-68 on the 22nd. Details can be found on the forums, and we'll be asking one of our news bots to post it all over Hutton as well. There's no news from the Buckyballers yet about their next race, though we think it's coming up soon to coincide with a 24-hour stream. We're glad to report that the 100th station has now been repaired after Thargoid attacks too. That's all from me and from the community this week. that was hot news for another week thank you everyone for uh, joining and bearing with us oh what a week it has been um lots of things happening so stick around with us for the rest of the show as we will bring you all the news from the community and what's going on we'll have uh some report of some sort from the naked trucker himself buck we'll have some words from the peter of witherspoon and of course plenty of whittle and witter from us all but as always there is a theme for tonight's musical choices and the first tune is a tribute to the brave explorers that find their equipment doesn't work as well as it should it's press repair by jenny nord oh jenny yeah <clears throat> as in yennefer that's a <clears throat> J as in Y. Yenny Nord. I don't know if that helps with a clue or not, but this is Press Repair. We'll be back after this tune. Turn your stations up to six. Well, that was a tune with trumpets. Um, and yeah, that was awesome. Epic tune. Thank you. And in fact, we've got some information about that. Um, Dave, uh, on you managed to secure that little tune for us to play tonight, didn't you? Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> It was um, well. It's, it's Yenny Nord is the the person responsible for the band. It's the name of the band. Um, I think it's written by Yenny, but the vocals are provided by uh, John Grieve, also known as John Vanilla, who recorded our um, Gluttony Fang tune that's yes. been very popular. 
the tribute to Gluttony Fang ceasing being a pirate and starting to become a Hutton trucker. It was about a year ago he recorded that, maybe a year and a half. And he did that for us um, when he was still down in Australia, but he's now moved to the UK. He's joined a couple of bands and he's performing live with the bands in London quite a bit. Um, yeah, this is the new band that he's with where he's doing vocals for it. He often um, plays guitar on them as well. Um, and he's also going to be coming down to ECM. Woohoo! And he's bringing his guitar. There was lots of love for that one I saw in the um, the chat channel coming through from Draxor and Mr. Shoudy as well. Uh, oh, Carumba as well. Yes, um, I mean, he is um, back down in Australia. He was um, a very successful musician. He was as he big as the Wiggles. His, he, he was bigger than the Wiggles. He's much taller. Um, but he's, he's, he's a lovely chap. We catch up with him a couple of times a year. Um, actually, when he landed in the UK, the very first thing, I think it was the day after he landed, I um, met up with him in London and dragged him down to the Troubadour, which is a, a well-known a well-known music hotspot in London. So his first introduction to being in the UK has been taken to a proper gig venue for some live music. And he's, he's a top chap, but he and his fiance are going to be coming down to ECM. What does Yenny Nord mean? Well, Yenny Nord's her name. That's her name. Right. So is the band, is I, this, I got confused tonight. The song's called Press Repair or is it called Yenny Nord? The song's called Press Repair. She's called Yenny Nord. But you say um, she. Let me, I, let me just let me just call up the details because I, I can get the details if you talk for a second. I'll I'll, I'll get the but actual that, I'll details of you. Because it <clears throat> clearly sounds like a um, a man singing. So when you say yes, she, that's, and that's 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 John. Yeah, so I, I'm just confused with the she part of a band. Like I understand that some people okay, will call uh, their learn, car hmm. a she, or they'll call call their computer a she, or they'll call their dog a she. Um, you're, no, 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 it's a, it's a it's a collaborative effort. So he's he's performing on the uh, as a vocalist on the band's work. So there, you know, obviously there are other musicians in the band, like the person who writes it and composes the music and plays all the instruments, and then he's obviously the guest vocalist. Yeah, well, I mean, I get this again, and and I and I don't mean to be a, a stick in the mud. Well, sometimes I do, but on this particular one, again, this guest is it. So this is a project by Yanni. And that particular song has guests. Yeah, a bit like the Alan Parsons project when Eric Wolfson was singing. Or, that, or what's that... his face? What's his name? That does the the the, the hoot nanny. Jules Verne. Him. Jules Holland. No Verne. Yes. No Holland's rubbish. Okay, well, so, 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 so well, the, 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 yeah, so it's 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 like the Yenny Nord project, if you know what I mean. If yep, you want gotcha. to, yeah. Um, it's listed under progressive rock, punk, experimental. It is on um, SoundCloud, and we'll try and share the link. It's not on. Um, Spotify yet, but it is available on SoundCloud. So it is music by Yenny Nord. Um, lyrics are actually written by John Grieve, also known as John Vanilla, but we know him by his other name. Drums by Vitter Lewis, a trumpet by Aaron Elcote, vocals obviously by John Grieve, bass is Jade Ishmael, and guitar by Dave Brown on that <sighs> one. There's shouty suggesting that maybe if they had a guitarist called Murray, he could be in the back seat of the car if they're as big as the Wiggles. Oh. Dear. Toot toot. Anyway, but we, yeah, we we really like it, and so yeah. we play it. Bloody good song. Majorly yep. good song. We'd like to hear. We'd like to hear more from them. Maybe even live Definitely. at ECM. Well, no. You see, if he does come and he's bringing his guitar, it may be uh, unplugged from the stage. Should we say? Oh no, we're not getting into that discussion because you and I came to blows over <laughs> over guitars and staging. <laughs> 
Yes. Okay. So it will need a microphone and 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 things, but he's not going to bring a full drum kit, a trumpeter, some drums, a bass guitar. Saying that though, somebody is bringing a bass guitar. Oh, I think all have... crows are black. What about trombone? Do we have trombone? This could be an, um, no, an don't. amazing. What? No, we don't have the trombone or the darts this year. Oh, no darts. No docking darts. I don't oh. think. No. Oh. He's. I think the, the commander responsible, Mr. Splendor, is trumpeting or tromboning his way around um, all sorts of projects that weekend. So I don't think he's going to be joining us. Oh, well, that's a blow. But there's crikey. Uh, how many people joined? 170-odd so far? Well, in yeah, well terms now we've of said about the lack of darts. <laughs> it might go down. Um, well, well, no, you're talking, you're talking ECM, how many people coming? Yes. Well, um, I can tell you up to the second at the moment. We have um, 20 seats. So there remaining. are 181 booked. That's amazing. And then 18, 18 pending on top of that. Okay. Which gives us 199 already committed to coming, with a few of them just need to kick up the what's it to sort themselves out. Spectacular. And we do have a limit on tickets, and that limit is vastly approaching so we are 80 percent sold how about that never really been in this position before we've had you know with our numbers obviously one number that we worry about is our break even point for the the costs of the event and we are clear of that so um in that respect we could not be happier and more thankful to all of you out there that have been willing to book and come along to our event and then i start hearing uh, miss psych who, who on our stream and she's coming and then we've got um psychit who of course was the amazing switch i mean we did truckers up tidy i managed to switch to her stream to see her falling off the mountain uh just in the right time and we've got all these amazing streamers joining it was us psychit's been psychit's been trying that one again this week on on the mugging mission actually we got to say a big thank you to psychit because they um, the mug the hot mess mission has featured on all of the streams for the last goodness knows how long, She's including finding cities on the edge of cliffs <laughs> and pinging us with messages. It'd be really cool if the Hutton truckers had fall off this one. I think there was some yeah banter along those lines because it was yeah a city on the edge of a cliff. Well, so I mean, thank you very much to Psychic. Yeah, we as you know with with a lot of events and things, we had to check fire regulations as to what space we have a a secondary site survey and burger tasting session going on next week, which Vantian will be at himself, and then we will adjust the ticket numbers on the basis of that site visit. But we're pretty certain that we're going to have a hard limit of around about two fifty, and we are getting really close. So. Please, when you see us and announce that the last final allocation of tickets are available, if you want to be there, because we're, we've never been in a situation before where we've not been able to let people in on the day. Um, yeah, on, on previous ones, we've we've set a limit and then we've upped it a bit and we've upped it a bit and we've accommodated people at the last minute. And this time, I don't think we'll be able to. We're going to be 40% up on last year anyway if we hit that target. Already. And we've got to make sure it's it's comfortable for everybody there's space to do things there's room for the wheelchairs that those you know that are in wheelchairs so we, we've got a balance there it's, it is a big space but we we can't overload it and you know obviously it just is a sign of the uh, amazing community that you all want to come along and meet up at these events and and of course we've got this one then we'll have uh the LaveCon in july and then we've got fantasticon in august so 
there is this kind of nice, uh, quick pack of all these events. But of course, ECM is the one day, so everyone can generally make a one day event, and uh, it allows us to have that kind of fun together for 20 odd hours. 20 hours? No, 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 no. Maybe. How well, for those of us working on the event, it's the whole darned weekend, but yes. Well, yeah, well, obviously, we've got a lot of work to do, but so much fun stuff. Um, We'll have well, we've been asked by a few people about sort of vaguely what the timings are. Now they're in pencil at the moment, aren't they? They're not they're not written in pen yet because we've still got a bit of work to do on the schedule. But well, I think they're pretty. We're, we're look- pretty secure. We normally start at ten, don't we? Yeah. So t- yeah, ten o'clock opening. That's that's definitely in pen on the schedule. And kicking out time, I have to be out by midnight. Yes. That doesn't mean start packing at midnight. That means lock the door at midnight. And if you haven't left, guess what? You're going to be in the dark on your own. Um, So left by midnight. Those are two fixed times at the moment. Um, A few people have been asking about setup. And we're still talking to the venue, I think, about the the Friday evening versus Saturday morning setup times. Yes, they they currently are hopeful. We're waiting to hear back as to uh, what they can arrange because ideally we'd like set up time on the Friday, uh, either early evening uh, and then having the Friday evening to have some fun and some food and some drinks together and then go in and finish up whatever setup needs to be set up on the Saturday morning. Um, I think from about eight o'clock is the kind of time we're looking for. Hopefully, then, and then yeah. if then we do get in on the Friday, yeah, if we do get on the Friday, we're looking at sort of laying out the tables, running the power, and we've got the the epic uh, litho breaker is going to be helping us run the network as well. Yeah, so we've got a lot of sort of background stuff to do. Put a couple of big screens up, build the stage, basically the infrastructure stuff. Um, I think, and if we are in that evening, maybe see if we can squeeze Commander Blasted in with his full motion rig because that will take a while and a few people to move it in. And then obviously the the morning thing, if it does go that way, will then be the people bringing their computers. So you know those who are bringing stuff for everybody else to enjoy and to show off, and that's going to be a Saturday morning kind of gig, unless it's really hard to set up. No, with, um, with and two hundred and fifty odd people. It's looking very likely to be that we're going to hit max capacity. Uh, 250 odd people parking in the area. We have sourced as much as we can. And obviously we're running a minibus, uh, which is I think a 16 seater. We'll be running from the hotel to the venue, uh, a timetable time in the morning. And then again in the evening, or you can get taxis or you can walk. It's not far. We believe it is 0.22 leagues, uh, which is... I'm not sure how long. I reckon we reckon it's about 10, 15 minutes tops. Um, twi- yep, Twenty three, minutes three if you're staggering. Of a mile. Yeah, twenty minutes if you're staggering. So it really isn't a, a problem at all. And we have got eighty spaces at the venue. Obviously, we'll have crew and setup vehicles that will take up some of that, and then we'll have um, a number reserved for accessibility options. So if you have issues, then please do get in touch by sending an email to info at elitecommunitymeet.info elite and let us know so that we can cater for you. We are doing really well at getting things up front here. Same for dietary requirements. If you've not told us that you're allergic to, I don't know, Winnard, um, Lister I-69, and that you cannot be sat in the same building as him, then you'll need to let us know so that we have an excuse to, I don't know, punch him repetitively and then bury him in a van. 
No, you see, we're not allowed. Nobody's allowed to behave like that. We've got to be lovely. We can just what? look at him sternly. But it's Winnard. We're allowed. Oh, he'll. Yeah, well, we're, we're lovely to everybody, including Winnard. Oh, man. This is sounding like it's going to suck. It's part of the charter. <laughs> it's, you've got to be lovely to everybody. Don't be a dick. Oh, no. Not that rule again. Yes. Yeah, don't be an arse. Be lovely and to it everybody. It does say even to Winnard there at the bottom. I know it's in crayon, no. but it does say it on there. The only person who's not going to be being lovely, well, no, they will be being lovely. We, we've had a load of messages come through on Twitter in the last day or so. Um, and it's been really nice to see it because, of, uh, because Paige, um, Paige Harvey is going to be leaving Frontier. Aww. But she is she is going to be coming down to ECM and she's rolling up her sleeves and she's a big fan of the game Gang Beasts we had on the, the big multiplayer screen. Do you know, I... And it sounds like she's challenging all comers to come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Um, and there were a load of photographs. Boom. The last ECM was she not borderline violent over gang beasts? <laughs> she certainly got very, very into it at one point. Yes, <laughs> I thought she was actually going to launch herself like one of the characters across the room at somebody at one point in in a purely humorous and you know comedy manner, not not in, with oh, any yeah. intent, yeah. or at least yeah. Um, but there have been a lovely load of photographs from Manchester one where people, she's been asking people what their favourite memories have been and a whole pile of people have put up photos with Paige from last year at Manchester and then challenging her to a fight. <laughs> it was brilliant. And we're hoping to bring more of that kind of fun. We will have... Um, it's a big area. We're hoping the food is going to be spectacular. We are so excited about this year uh, and ECM. We're excited about them every year, but, you know, you get that feel as, as things start to organically happen around you and you start to get a picture of what we've got. Um, and a lot of the positive vibes that uh, we have is that the venue has been so accommodating and, and so equally as excited as we are to be having us uh, and that really does take an awful lot of the fun anyway we don't want to spend too long going ECM because we can't market it much more we're almost sold out but keep no. your eyes well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trickle it's a trickle feed you know you'll see one message maybe on the Elite Dangerous community there was one day when there was a message went out by HCS one of our sponsors yep. sent it out to all of their customers inviting them along which was lovely thank you very much Paul Thank you, Paul. Um, we've had the same Tin Man games have been retweeting us on the internet because they sponsored us all the way down from Australia again. Um, obviously, Frontier are sponsoring the oh, event yeah. too. What do you and we should do before we go too much further on? We have to say this because it's, it's very important to us. Dave and I are part of the organising team for this and we've got a lot of other volunteers that are coming in now to sort of flesh out all the bits and pieces. But Dave, myself, uh, Commander Saimuth and we had a Commander Asylum, I think is, is the correct one. It might be the, it might be the better brother, but we had... One, it's one, one of the one of the Girdler twins. Yeah, one yes. of the, the not non, that they are twins. The, but, the rubbish yeah. one. We had we've got the rubbish one, um, and we've got the smartly dressed one. <laughs> right, I see. I see. I reckon that uh, we could probably take Eddie in a fight, but Andy, I think you're screwed. So if you're going to insult his dress sense, you're picking the wrong one. I'm just saying. Um, but we um, have kind of got it. The the, the organising team now. The majority of us happen to be hunting truckers and it's very difficult for us not to be passionate about being hunting truckers. And But this event is meant to be an elite community meet. It is for everybody. If you have your player group coming and you want to have your little corner, sort of put banner or leaflets or whatever, 
get in touch. It's not a Hutton Truckers event and we will take it over if we're let to because we love it. We love ECM, we love the community and we love the Hutton Truckers. It's a natural thing for us to go to it. We will do a, a Hutton News Live because we always do and frankly it's tough crap. It's my microphone and you can't take it off me na 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 na. Um, so we will do that but if you've got content and you want to do something on stage get in touch. Uh, we want to facilitate it. We want to highlight all those wonderful groups that are part of this amazing community that we love so well, much. We've got confirmation from a bunch of groups already who are going to be represented there. All right. Uh, we have got representatives from the Fuel Rats. We have got representatives from Mobius. Okay, including, yeah. and he said this publicly, we have got Mobius himself from Mobius. I have not First, seen Liam since the launch. Yep, yeah, a lot of people have been saying that, but I haven't seen him for years either. And it, um, he did actually um, post on the in the Mobius group that he was going to be going. So it is it is public knowledge that one. We've got representatives from Canon Interstellar, obviously a few Hutton truckers, one or two. Um, the Fatherhood, IPX, PA. Um, they've all confirmed they're going to have people there. I think the Hammers of Slough. I've got somebody. Don't know who. But okay. I think one of them is coming along as well. We've got um, the Galactic Academy represented by uh, Sparky. Yeah, I believe that um, um, Karumba uh, is, is going. So the, 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 there's um, going to be um, a nice, what do you call it, Merlot? Is it a Merlot representative there? I, always, I don't know. He's always drinking the red wine. Yeah, oh, Flossie, Flossie's waving. She's holding up like cardboard signs here. Who's going from the fuel rats? Flossie, that's you. <laughs> You've got to have two hats on. Oh, just me. <laughs> no, no. I believe there are some other the other fuel rats going as well. Um, but obviously, if we haven't, sure if we are going in, we haven't. That's, yes. Sorry, there sorry. Ca Cabernet. What? No. Um, if if you are with a player group and you want us to give your group a shout out as well, do let us know. There is a Discord channel where there's lots of banter going on at the moment. Um, much of the banter is very similar to the kind of stuff we'll get during the day. Um, apart from LCU, who's been barred. Well, no, he hasn't. But um, <laughs> for for broadcasting that 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 sound clip again to the Discord channel. Okay, um, you know the one, I'm the one we're not playing ever again. Oh, the um, the 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 special. No, not that. No, 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 you know the one. You know the one. I don't want Flossie to hit me again. Was that was next Tuesday? Wasn't it? That one. <laughs> the one. That... The one. We gave him to hide it, and he can't find it anymore. Yeah, the one that we we should have listened to before actually hitting play on. But actually, it was really really good fun, and we are taking the Mickey a bit out of LCU. We don't really mean it. De de dreadfully funny, but my goodness, <laughs> did it push some boundaries? Yeah, there goes the envelope. Well, you just might make it out from over here. Um, so yeah, please. I think he I think he outdid Mister Shouty on that one. I have to say, we're getting more and more information on the ECM website with regards to the nearest ATMs parking situation, which I was talking about. So if you want, if you need, and this is important, there's a big difference between wanting and need. If you have mobility issues and you require a space kept for you near the venue, you must let us know and give us a chance to be able to sort that for you. Um, it's something that's come to light. You know that way, you guys are amazing. And you get in touch and you ask questions and we go, that's a really good question. We should probably do something about that. <laughs> yes. And we can. And that's um, the beauty of this whole thing is we're well, at able the, to At the moment, we ha we've had two commanders contact us already saying that, please, um, I, I do need um, um, an accessible space somewhere near the near the entrance. So 
Job done, yes, there, no problem. There is obviously sorted. parking around the hotels and there will be multi-storey parking if you have um, an abundance of gold bullion in your boot. Um, or you can travel by train and there is a train station nearby as well. Everything's relatively quite walking distance, so if you're... If you're not built like me, you might just be able to get it on your feet and that'll be fine. I could probably roll. Right. Now, you've been you've been missing for a while. So we're moving on from ECM because it, it's all great, but obviously it's all about other things as well. You've been missing for a bit, haven't you? Uh, yes. I was away. Yeah. I went out for a dinner with my sister for her birthday and it was spectacular it was kebabular it was um skewers and meats it was good yum 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 well um before we before we do the next bit obviously we're going to have lots of odds and sods from the community and other bits and bobs coming up but um joining us in the studio because they've been awfully quiet or a little bit quiet but we ought to introduce for our listener oh yeah who we've got in the studio this evening um, so we've, we've got you, and you've been missing for a bit, but you're back. Hello, I'm back, and here's my front. Yep, uh, we do have the Harry Balzac, also known as uh, Commander Palantir. Yes, I'm here. Who, who's present, been our film critic. Correct. Yeah, you have been Barry Norman today, sorting out the movie bits for us. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have the wonderful Amelia, who is also known as Hal 9000. Hello. We've got Commander Wotherspoon, who has been let back in again now. I have. I'm, I'm, I'm here now. He, he is live too. This is not a recorded Wotherspoon. This is a I'm recording. One. I'm not here. <laughs> uh, we've got a crackly dead meat. Hello. Good evening and welcome. Who is who is back? No, you you were got mods last week, was it? I had mods of the earlobes last week. Oh, dearly me. The last time I saw him was that wonderful video where we we gave him boobs. Yes. (laughs) And we have... You can hear chuckling in the pool. Because that was mentioned, can I just say, hopefully not he's listening, but that Darth Vader 3D print that I was given has caused everything from hilarity to serious terror in the office. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you didn't take it to work. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I... I, I sit next to and just across from two of the biggest Star Wars fans and they're both Sith fans. So that had to go to work and oh my goodness, it's been fantastic. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm traumatised just by looking at it. Um, and that was weeks ago. And, and then of course, uh, giggling in the background there, we have Commander Flossie. Hello. Hutton Trucker, Fuel Rat Extraordinaire. Broadcaster, um, yes, and you've got some stuff for us uh, in a bit, haven't you? Um, I t- towards I have, the end, yes. telling us all about the hot mess that you've left everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I think we'll, we'll round out this section with that. Um, but I tell you what, should we? Should we ask Mr. Wotherspoon? Hello. Have you got anything you'd like to ask, Mr. Cow? Ask Mr. Cow. Well, yeah, or bring him up to tell speed. Mr. On, Cow? Or- Actually, yes, Mr. Cow, one of the things that's been going on you may or may not have heard about it is hot mess. Have you heard about hot mess? I, I know about hot mess. I was on this... Leave Radio and we had numbers of mugs oh, you did, didn't you? In, yes. in the universe. Yes. Yeah, almost. Yes. I pretend uh... not to listen to Leave Radio, but yes. So, <laughs> so, so, so that's all about delivering mugs. This is shouty silliness, isn't it? Um, delivering mugs to every station in the galaxy yeah yeah and 
one of one of our number, Commander Dogbreath, discovered that there were two stations in the galaxy that we hadn't arranged to send a mug to, and he has very nicely asked if he could take a mug to these two stations. He is the commander of uh, an icebreaker called the Aurora Australis. This is his very last voyage. I'm sorry? He goes around parties helping people mingle. Yeah, he does. He does that, yes. But when he's not doing that, he he sails in this ship um, from Tasmania. I think it's Hobart in Tasmania. And they go down to the Antarctic research bases that Australia has. I think there's two of them. I think one of them is called the Davis Research Base and the other one's called something at Mawson Dock, which sounds really like it comes out of Elite Dangerous. Um, and and so last week we, we got a brilliant update from, from uh, Vang Tian uh, describing what had, what had been happening. In fact, I've been following them on Twitter as well. So they, they, they sort of set sail from Hobart and sort of went, went down through beautiful, calm, sunny seas down to the Antarctic and... They did strange things like, um, like, like trawling a, I don't know quite quite what it was. It was it it, it was a little thing that um, that captured plankton or something of the sort. Oh and, yes, they, what was it? Yeah. They, they called it their. Um, well, I'll have to look it up now while you're, while you're asking <laughs> the question. It, it was basically a pasta machine that you put plankton yeah. in one end and it, it it turns into pasta at the other end, and they study yeah. the pasta strings yeah. or eat yeah. it or eat <laughs> or eat it, but it doesn't yeah. like ice. Uh, oh yes, indeed, yes, yes, that's true. So they had to haul it back in again quickly when they when they got close to the the ice flows. Wow! And then they 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 dropped things called Argo floats, which are really weird things for monitoring the climate under the water. So they dropped down on a kind of concrete um, base, I think, um, down into the water, and then then every now and again they pop up and sort of radio transmit, um, sort of. The, 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 their recordings of what's been going on. All, all the climate data, yes. They, these, are, these are climate yeah. um, detectors. Yeah. Uh, they, they send to satellites, actually. Well, they send to satellites, okay. And then yep. the satellites presumably send them to Australia. Yep. And, and um, that's almost in, in real time as well. Every time they pop up, it's in real time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it's, it, it's really weird. They sort of, it's, it's like little, little unmanned submarines, but they're, they're sort of like gas cylinders. And they sort of disappear down under the water, do some measurements, and then pop back up again and sort of transmit the results. And then they do that over and over again. And about 200 times in their lifetime, they bob up and down. And there are 3,000 of them throughout the Earth's oceans monitoring climate across the world. That there must be really weird if you see them popping up. I wonder if they all come up at the same time. 3,000. Don't think so. But that no, meant the sea not. level drop. <laughs> yes, that's it. That should affect climate. Not, 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 as, well, not, not as much as the icebergs call it to get, cause it to go up when they melt, which is terrible. That's very true yes yes that's very true um then there, there's another thing that they were doing which was listening to whales and this is this is this, this definitely did have a concrete block on it so so they have a concrete block and then a thing which is a kind of audio release which is kind of kind of useful later on and then they have some stuff which is lots of microphones in an array which listen to the sound of whales under the water and then they have a float so if you're going from the bottom to top, you've got concrete at the bottom and float at the top. And this thing sort of lives underneath the water for, I think it's up to a couple of years. And then at some point they decide they want to get all the data back from it. And they send down a big, a big sort of subsonic pulse. And that triggers the release mechanism and, and the, the microphones all float back up to the surface and are recovered. And then, then they can listen to the whales 
singing in the southern seas. Well, from good. anything up to 2,000 kilometres away on a good day. On a good day. Or if it's a bad day when there's lots of growlers. Ooh, growlers. growlers then then, it, then they make lots of noise and, and, and they can't, can't hear the whales. But what's a growler? I don't know. I hear you ask. Oh, I was going to ask Mr. Count, do you know what a growler is? I'm, I'm kind of frightened. And be very answer. careful. Think think carefully before you respond. Uh, well, no, it's going to be water-related. So is it some kind of natural phenomena, or is it actually a creature that grows? Well, if if you... Well, here's the thing. If you um, look at the um, AAD, the Australian Antarctic Division's uh, sitreps, they have um, uh, sort of they do a sea conditions, so they tell you, you know, the, the current speed they're making, the weather conditions, and they've got a, a section called ice conditions. And if I look at today's one, it says small growlers and bergs. Hmm. That's a bit so we had to ask it? the question because we tried, we <laughs> yeah. tried uh, asking what growlers were, and the internet gave us something that scared us, so we didn't like it very much. Hmm. Um, so I, it, well, should, should I just read the answer? Go on. He says, ha ha, it is a real world word. So when you're core mining an asteroid, brackets Berg, for void opals, you place the seismic charges and assuming you're not a complete numpty, split the asteroid, brackets Berg, into three to four sections, Bergy bits, and they are actually called Bergy bits. Then when you try and squeeze in between the sections, brackets Bergy bits, you have the big floaty bits of... Yeah the asteroids, and um, to use the abrasion blaster, there are those annoying smaller lumps that get in the way. They're called growlers. A growler is a lump of ice smaller than a berkey bit that is in turn smaller than a berg, which is the lazy word for iceberg. <laughs> Importantly, they're the remnants of icebergs, not sea ice, which is a very different thing. They sit low in the water, about only one metre high, and about the size of a small car up to a double-decker bus. They tend to be old and decaying as they melt, and they release the air trapped in them, and they make a growling noise that's picked up on sonar. Farting Sneaky little buggers, huge growling ice blocks. They're floating, growling, car-sized ice blocks. Farting. He says the sneak... <laughs> Farting, yes. Sneaky little buggers usually become quite rounded by the water, and they also don't reflect radar. Uh, you can see where this is going. Yes, they can put a decent dent in the hull plates if you don't spot one in open water at 12 knots. <laughs> Every now and again, they come across the dreaded jade growler. Okay, this is getting so sinister. These are these are, these are real. Uh, jade bergs are well jade, but as they decay to growler size, they become blue and sometimes even transparent. So not only are they invisible to radar, they're also transparent. Uh, they're as hard as diamonds, and uh, you would be too if you were formed by freezing at minus five degrees C in super salinated water, four hundred meters below the surface of an ice sheet, and you really, really don't want to hit a growler. Or else, or else, nasty dent in your icebreaker. Yes, sort of reverse icebreaking. So yeah. all this while, all the photographs are coming back to us um, via transmission um, of mugs. Many, many, many mugs. I there noticed are, that. Yes. Yep, there are mugs with SRVs. There are mugs with smiling, really, really cold-looking crew members. Um, there's Amy, and who's the deputy mission leader, and the mug doing science. Obviously, Dog's Breath is mission leader. Amy's his deputy. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're doing science and planning what the operations are. So you've obviously got the ship's crew who are doing all the necessary bits, like flying. I mean, floating. Floating, And yeah. then, yeah, floating and not hitting, not hitting the growlers. 
and then there's the mission crew themselves who are doing the the other bits the resupply and everything so they they're unloading all the equipment all the foods and all the fuels to davis and doing the science missions and I think, so last time they'd reached the whale mooring so they hadn't got to mawson yet which is the second drop off yes that's that's right because they went south to davis then they had to stop for a bit and there was a big storm this is all the stuff that we heard last week and then they had a bit of a problem with mods so they had to they had to stay out at sea um for a little while because there was a concern that they might they might give mods to the people on the research base which would obviously be quite unpleasant because they don't have access to medical facilities there well they, they do they do have a medic there but yeah they don't they don't have a you know a hospital and things. they've got they've got they've got a rusty saw <laughs> yes <laughs> okay and they've so, made so out of a, a penguin beak and yeah <laughs> well, absolutely oh tell us about penguins because because that's something that's something that there must be in antarctica well yes so here we go let's have a look we had a message and uh, they had um pictures of a few penguins that were curious about the orange ruffy because it is bright orange um and they were they were jumping up and down and, and swimming past the ship um but they've actually got um two penguin gurus on board um because they have been living on Bechevet's island um which is nearby and they've been living there for a whole year on their own these scientists they've with, rescued the penguin people well with, they've rescued the penguin people from Bechevet's island um they use they use snowmobiles i think to get to them um but when the snow melts in the off season they're stranded on the island so they get them there when it's frozen by snowmobile then the snow melts and it's them and the penguins at the penguin rookeries um and it's been really really bad year because um when the penguins usually hatch around 500 chicks but this year there were only 50 lowest ever recorded and they're pretty sure from their studies that yes the climate change has reduced their access to krill and the knock-on effect from the climate change has been shocking. You know, it's, 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 it's just yeah. not going to change. Yeah. We're not going to change until the species that is most affected, and we're ignoring the fact that we are most affected already, um, but we're not going to pay enough attention to this until it's too late for the majority. But the work that this team are doing um, is absolutely vital to proving it, studying it, monitoring it, you know, the effects of what we're up to. Are we getting any better? What's going to be the effect, you know, the, the, the various glaciers melting, the wildlife down there. And of course they're an important part of the food chain because everybody likes eating penguins, particularly if you're a seal or a oh, killer. Oh, right. Okay. You know, you, you don't mean us. <laughs> well, we like eating penguins too, but the chocolatey ones. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and obviously the krill, the whales like eating those as well. So there's a, there's a huge knock-on effect to these things. But we're getting very serious. We're getting very lay radio and serious now. There were orcas. They were. Go on, man. Um, Tell us about were, the orcas. <laughs> they, they were orcas, yes. They, they, just to make it more related to Elite. Um, while they were unloading, and they've got a, what they call a jet launch, which is basically a barge with a motor on the back of it. They put big things like diggers on and take it ashore. Um, and they were unloading that, and there were a couple of guys in a rib, or an inflatable. It wasn't a rib, it was an inflatable, wasn't it? Um, a couple of guys in an inflatable, and uh, surrounding them was a pod of orcas looking at the tasty morsel, to, to quote Elite, <laughs> that was standing up looking very sort of seal-sized and bright orange, so they were easy to see, and licking their lips a bit as these guys <laughs> were standing up directing unloading operations. Luckily, it went well, and nobody got eaten by orcas. That's good news. Good. That's that's that's, yep. that's pleasing. 
I think. Um, so yes, they they reached Mawson, which is the second one. They they had to fight through sea ice to get there. So they actually had to use the ice breaking capabilities of the ship to actually bust open a route because they actually have solid sea ice there. So it wasn't just floaty bergs and growlers and bergy bits. It was actual sea ice they had to bust through to get there. And they can't actually anchor, so they have to sort of float up and down. It's a bit like when Flossie's um, loading people up outside Hutton Orbital with mugs. Um, that you you can't dock and get all the mugs if you're in a big so you ship. You just use have to the float around. To hold it steady. Yeah, oh. and then then do all your loading and unloading operations, like Flossie's been helping people with this week. Um, but then we sort of said, "Well, now science, tell us about the science." And Peter, we found some, there was actually even more relevance to what we do in the universe here, because they'd had a mission to deliver something dead important down to Mawson. Yes, I, I can see some words in the script, and I'm not sure I necessarily understand them. There's cosmic rays, muon telescopes, scintillators. And a firmware upgrade. So, yes. You and know a that firmware upgrade. Yeah, well, firmware yeah, upgrade sounds like something, something you, might, you might gather at a, at a, at a sort of a, one of those um, sort of signal sources. Um, but, yeah, go and tell us about them. What is a scintillator? Well, we, we had to ask the question, because obviously they told us about Cosmic Ray. Um, and actually, the actual message... actually sounds a bit rude, doesn't it? I love that so I, I need to know more. Go on. Um, let's have a look about Cosmic Ray. There was... Um, it was I'll tell you where, where I found it. It was actually in the Sitrep. So let me just pan back to the Sitreps about Cosmic Ray. Um, they, they have had... There's been an incident in the last 24 hours as well that they had to deal with. Here we go. So... Um, they had to take the barge of the IRB and the crew back on night uh, to free up beds for the cosmic ray scientists and essential personnel. I and mean, there was just one sentence. I, so I had to respond to say, what's a cosmic ray scientist and why is it in the Antarctic? It sounds like the kind of thing we'd have on spaceships. The Antarctic um, points towards Alpha Centauri, doesn't it? Yes. So it's 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 out to where Hutton Orbital is. Okay. Tell us about so, it then. So, yeah, apparently the Cosmic Ray team are replacing a firmware chip on each of the neutron monitor amplifiers with an updated version. And it sounds like you've gone to an engineer base at this stage and you're using the firmware, as you say, you've scooped up from somewhere. Uh, the like neutron monitors, five. yeah, <laughs> the neutron monitors and muon telescopes. And there's another one, they've got muon telescopes at Mawson study solar storms and high speed solar wind streams. Um, and they look at, yes, uh, they look at space weather space weather effects which can disable satellites and give radiation dosages to airline passengers. Um, they're looking at the fluxes of galactic cosmic rays, and which are also measured by these detectors. Um, and they also have unique functions in global networks. Apparently, they're hoping to upgrade the Mawson neutron monitor to detect spectral variations in cosmic rays for improved understanding of solar ejector and interplanetary plasma conditions. It's actually it sounds pretty sort of like sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think I think I saw something about um, coronal mass ejections uh, on sort of the telly sometime quite recently, and and you know the sun really does affect conditions on Earth quite a lot. Um, the amount well, of heat. Funny that it'd be awfully cold if it didn't. Well, yes, indeed, but but you know, sort of it changes, and and you get you get sort of times when when it's throwing loads of stuff at us, and. It hasn't happened for more than a hundred years now, but there, there could well be one of these sort of big, big blasts of electromagnetic energy that pretty much kills all the computers. Was that was that the documentary Cobra you were watching, Peter? Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it it does sound massively like sci-fi, and it's not. It's actually it's actually real, and it's almost as exciting as spaceships. Um, but actually, um, 
um mr palantir i've just put in because we had a message through from eros maitland yeah because we had to ask him as our resident boffin mm-hmm. what on earth this was all about I've, I've pasted in the notes there in your in your debris do you want to give us an update on what on earth all this science is about here here in my best eros maitland voice which incredibly sounds just like harry balzac the poles are a great place to study cosmic rays because of the shape of the magnetic field. The flux is almost constant, with variations being a good indicator of things like space weather. The energy spectrum of cosmic rays that hit the atmosphere has a few features in it, thought to be where the influence of the Earth, then the Sun, and then how local interstellar space affects or shields galactic cosmic rays we observe at the Earth. The Mawson station is a big array of muon telescopes and some neutron monitors. Well, it does sound like Doctor Who, doesn't it? Largely what we see at the surface are muons. Primary cosmic rays that strike the upper atmosphere are usually protons or alphas, which create enormous shower cascades identical to what we can create with a particle accelerator, which fires protons at a fixed target. Only the energy at which this happens is enormous compared to what we can do. The result is a cascade of particles that eventually end up decaying until we are left with mostly muons. I think the neutrons being monitored are actually muon spallation products, with a muon strike a nuclei and break it into pieces, resulting in a spray of neutrons. Ugh. The Mawson station's neutron monitor will be looking at this. The rate and the resulting energy spectrum of the neutrons will give a better indication of the cosmic ray energy spectrum than the muon telescopes, largely because in order to get a good indication of energy of a muon, you have to try and stop it, which is fairly hard compared to neutrons. So my guess would be the firmware upgrade is to give the instrument faster timing and better energy resolution. But that is a guess. That sounds like a very educated (laughs) guess. Um, We have a a message from Commander Karumba. I didn't come here to be educated. Oops. Well, terribly sorry. I came for a podcast about silliness. Okay. Well, anyway, so that's Mr. Cal. That's where we're up to with the Antarctic expedition. Now, um, you sent them something, didn't you? Mr. Cow? Is he gone? He has vanished, hasn't he? Uh oh. He was obviously getting so excited by the education. He, he said he would be right back. Oh, that's fine. Okay. Oh, he's, he, we were talking so much, he's run. And anyway, uh, we sent them two mugs, and the mugs are in all the shots that they've been putting up uh, on the internet. And yes, um, there's been lots of love for what the guys are up to. Um, they are going to be raising money for charity when they come back and signed by the team. And the entire crew of the vessel have got behind um, the silliness to do with the mug. And yes. if you want to follow them, you can look for the Australian Antarctic Expedition, Ozantarctic, um, at Ozantarctic on Twitter, um, where you can see some videos and obviously the updates that we post on the Facebook page. Yes, that's AUS Antarctic. Yes, not Twitter. Oz, the other way, that OZ. No, AUS Antarctic. Yeah. Right. Well, before when Mr. When Mr. Cow gets back, he can go, ooh, about the science. He's, he's, he's probably been caught by a passing muon or something. Um, so... What have we got here? Amelia? Yes. Now, you're a relative newcomer to the elite universe compared to some of us old-timers. Uh, no, I was playing it back in the 1980s. Oh, you had a gap on the Elite Dangerous, or were you do you just new to the show? Just new to the show. Oh, well, there you go. So you're not a newbie. So you know all about the law? No. <laughs> the history? Not at all. I just the played story. the game. All oh, right. Okay. Well, if you were if you were missing out on the law, we know uh, Commander Drew Wagar has been um, doing a series of video trips around the history of things like Thargoids and the law in game. It's not Wagar. 
It's 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 a Drew Wagger, yes. Wagger. Wagger. Yeah. The behatted one. Oh, you're back, you're back. I'm did a, did a muon catch you, a clip you there? Well, no, no, it was more of a penguin I had to go and feed. Oh, right, okay. Um, well, we're all scienced out now. We're back, we're back to what a silliness. No, he's not silly. He's very serious, is, is Drew Wagar. But yes, um, Amelia, if you've been missing out on the lore, the history, there are some uh-huh. videos that he's been releasing recently. Um, funnily enough, he broadcasts at exactly the same time as we do, so nobody here would have watched it. Um, uh-huh. But he is releasing it on YouTube, and you can catch up on some of the backstory behind the universe. See, I've I've actually been getting more into the universe and the history and the lore since um, Mr. Witherspoon has been doing all of his, uh, you know, uh, research on the political factions and and the leaders of them. We have we have more later. I know. I'm so excited. We'll take guesses about which one. We're not going to take guesses because we know, but everybody else can take guesses about which one he's covering this week. But yeah, so this is what we're trying to delve into it. And Drew Wagar's doing his bit. And there is a YouTube. He's been posting it up on the Hutton Facebook page and the EDC and a few other places. Um, so you can search online for that. Or if you go and look on YouTube, we'll put some links up for you there. And then Flossie. Yes. Are you there? Now, you're, 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 a, you're a regular over at Fantastical, aren't you? Uh, I've been quite a few times, yes. Yeah, and you're familiar with Fantastic Dan? Yes, I am. Now, Fantastic Dan has other projects, does he not? Uh, yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, have you got any info possibly for us on a new project forthcoming from Dan at Fantastic? Well, it's not Fantastic Books, though, is it? It's it's Fantastic Games. Yes. Um God, Gorgon's Dubry from Dan. Oh, Gorgon's Lock, yes. Gorgon's, Gorgon's Lock. Lock. There we go. Oh, Gorgon's Lock, yeah, sorry. Um, it's a game. It has monsters. He's done a podcast or two talking about it. Uh, notes from Dan. The very first game from FBG is called The Gorgon's Lock and it's a classic dungeon crawler with a difference. The game system it uses has been developed by us and allows for some interesting mechanics, one of which is a completely autonomous enemy movement and attack mechanic. What does this mean? Unusually for a tabletop role-playing game, this means that a single player can play through the Gorgon's Lock scenarios while generating and battling enemies that are controlled with a very simple algorithm. The storm system allows players to give, take, use, fight, search and move their way through the dungeon, enriching themselves and trying to avoid traps and battling enemies along the way. Ooh, sounds interesting. And yeah. it's kickstarting. When did you say it was kickstarting? starting on the 1st of March. 1st of March. Well, well, we'll share that one as and when it comes around. And talking of kickstarting, Mr. Cal, yes. if you're there, is he going again? Oh, he's no, back no, no, again. Yeah, yeah. I was just playing with my penguin. We were hoping to have Spider-Man join us this evening, but Spider-Man's busy. Yeah, Why is Spider-Man busy? I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> with, he's out there rescuing people. With great RPGs come great ideas? No. Um, no, well, our dear friends at Spider-Man Games have decided that uh, the Elite Dangerous Universe and all intellectual properties related to it are no longer suitable for Kickstarter. Something that's only taken them two 
major disasters to learn. Um, unfortunately, now we are in the realms of them starting to do the stuff that they want to do. They are releasing what can only be their business and their futures because of how successful this has been uh, endeavor of the level up gaming platform now for anyone who's not familiar with what the level up is it's how to pillbox proof your board game how to raise the board game from the surface of a table higher than the pint glass that pillbox will try to knock over it now it will not protect it from a drunken pillbox falling onto it because he is more than the kind of five kilogram weight that it is rated for but these boards will interlock there's legs to raise them you will then screw in the bottom and you flip it up and it will give you a raised surface on top of your table why would you want that well i just told you it means pillbox can't spill his pint over it and you can put your drinks under the board game <laughs> or your trinkets or your boxes or your whatevers, your papers, your notes, depending on what game you are playing. If you're playing Zombicide, you might put the entirety of all the plastic pieces under the table and it also then gives you table space where you can create your own little playing now, cards. Mr. Count, at this stage, mm -hmm. at this stage, I'm going to have to interrupt you. That's okay. Because we have we have an even better description. Oh yeah, yeah. Now yeah, this is this is for <laughs> Amelia. This one, <laughs> you thought you were getting away with that one, didn't you, Amelia? Oh uh, sure. Go on. We're going to have to do this one again because it is it is it's perfect. This description. Uh, yours is great. Amelia's is better. Boom. So go, go on then, Amelia. Give a give Cal your best. Yep. <laughs> Not just any table, but a table for your table. Tabletop gaming will never be the same again as your tabletop tabletops your standard tabletop and stops your standard tabletop game from being ruined by topple tipple washing over your top. Standing on cute little legs, the level up lifts the level up a little so you can place your board on board and keep the tabletop that's under for things you don't want on the top. Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> Flawless! <laughs> No, so, sorry, for, <laughs> sorry for the interruption there, Mr. Cow. It was too good not to do that bit. No, not a problem at all. And now, the um, Level Up campaign started with a, a very humble pledge of wanting to raise 7,660. They had an idea in their heads that they wanted to get to the round about the £50,000 mark, which would give them the ability to really push this out there. Um, well, we can sit back with absolute delight because they smashed £7,000 in 14 minutes when their campaign launched what, about two weeks ago and they are currently sitting at £581,696 pledged which is a absolute joy for us who know John, Oliver and everyone involved at Spidermind. We know them well, we think they are the best people, they come and join us on this show we love having them. They are so much fun. They are so professional. And to see this, which really represents their dreams coming true and their ability to go forward and take the game market by storm. What does this mean for us? We get to see all the warped ideas that they haven't been able to release yet because they can do it themselves. They've now got the budget, they've now got the ability, and they've now got a customer base of over 10,000 people ready to sup up 
their next ideas. And if you're not familiar with what ideas have they had, we've got EDRPG, we have the Elite Dangerous Battle Cards. Uh, there'll be news on that soon and we'll get them on to let us know all about that. Then you had the Playbook. Now, it was over there and I cannot remember for the life of me what it's called. Oh, the one that is a, like a choose-your-own-adventure, but it was actually a role-play game that you played in the book yourself. And you're, you can have a team and, and a cat, you know, your, your little um, plan uh, through the book and, and interact with other characters within the book. Uh, a real interesting, um, different style of kind of gameplay books. Um, it wouldn't be Legendary Kingdoms. Legendary Kingdoms. Thank you very much, Pete. You keep me right. Okay. And then, of course, they had the uh, not successful campaign for Snowflake, which was a game that I quite enjoyed. Kind of a play on the old um, games like, well, not like Joking Hazard, but kind of like your Cards Against Humanity, um, which is one of their ideas which I'd love to see happen again. And uh, maybe with a sort of stronger marketing campaign, they can get it to the sick minds that it deserves to reach. And that's all about forum posts. When you see a forum post and then you pick the most inappropriate or unpleasant reply that you can give, and then whoever put the post up gets to pick the most offensive and the least offensive because they lose points. And that's actually a really quite a nice... Um, if you played the Cards Against Humanity, you get to a point where you've got nothing but shite cards and what i mean by shite cards is they're not offensive enough they're mildly offensive and you've got a handful of them so a question comes out and you think oh i'm just gonna have to throw away well in the snowflake the mechanic there with this losing points for the worst post means that a throwaway card is as big a risk uh, and therefore you really do want to try and make sure that the cards that you play are good and that's quite a nice refreshing thing. Uh, we loved it. Um, Shouty, myself, Draxer, Simmons, Entire Fusion, Moof, we all played that um, a lot when it was on its campaign and I'd love to see it come back. But they are doing brilliantly and we cannot wait to get them on because they must be the smuggest people in the planet. They'll be the reason there's no snow lying because the warmth from their smiles is melting it. You big hippie. Oh, why? <laughs> You big hippie. Oh, a little bit sick came into my mouth. <laughs> no, but yeah, well done, guys. Uh, we were hoping they were going to join us, but uh, they're on planes, and one of them's on planes seeing family and all sorts um, today. So they apologise, but they couldn't make it onto the show. But we'll get them on soon, and they can tell us all about ETRPG and what this amazing response. I want to see it hit a million because at that point, they've got such a strong uh, product. It'll be so much simpler to get it into shops, and it'll be. Not easy street because there's still significant uh, barriers that happen when you have a project that's successful. Oh, yeah, they've got to up their expectations from licking all the stamps themselves to actually uh, have an operation. You're going to have to get people in with big yeah. tongues! Anyway, um, well, well done to the guys. We uh, hope to have them on soon. Do you, do you want to... Oh, Mr. Deadmead, are you crackly or are you there? I'm here. I don't know if I'm you're crackly or not. Oh, no, you're good. You're good now. Um, so mo moving along, we've got another, another, another event. We have. Which we've, we've, we've dropped yes. in there for you. It's, there you go. It's the uh, Return to the Rift 2, Return to the Rift on all platforms. So, uh, yes, the uh, February the 21st is in red. So I assume that's the date of the setting off. And it's Mollusk Mantors is proud to bring you this event. 
We will meet up at Aldin in exploration ships before heading off to the Formidine Rift. This will be a week-long event, subject to change. We can extend, extend the timetable if need be. Please bring an exploration ship with at least one SRV and preferably a 55-plus light-year jump range. We'll be heading to the following locations. Surface structures. Formidine Rift Delta, Alpha, Beta and Gamma. Planets are in there, but I'm not reading those because it's far too hard. And they will finish up, as we did last time, at the Zurara. At Syriadiyayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayay
All stations within 80 light years of Seoul are mod free and the Hutton Helper is helping pilots everywhere to be as efficient as possible in their distribution pattern. Following Alvin's orders of last week, Hutton Ring in Lorandi 22701 and Hutton Horizons in Blatter are complete. But Hutton Colony in Warwickair, Hutton Dock in Didarengu, Hutton Depot in LTT 2099 and Hutton Horizons in Rigo Sages still remain to be mugged. Be careful, Commanders. Our fluffy leader can turn if he's disappointed. We have not seen reports of stations with rude names this week, which either means that you haven't found any more, or you're keeping them for yourself. Our thanks to Commander Psychit of PA for finding an excellent station perched on the edge of a cliff leading to a huge drop, and just behind a mountain, that looks perfect for future Hutton SRV shenanigans. Well, that's all from me this week. Bye! Flossie told you what to do. Before Commander Wotherspoon and his look at the great and powerful in the galaxy, to honour the thousands of deck plates that are broken up to make the Hutton mug, our second tune is Broken Prose by Spirit Plate. suppose I should stop copying and pasting penguins and bring us back onto the show, shouldn't I? Oh, well, you know, it's one of those days. Um, right, let's... Um, I was trying to actually said, how many penguins can you get on the screen at once? And the answer is, all of them. I can get so many that you can't see the screen anymore. All the penguins. All the penguins in the world. Oh, you know what we were meant to do? Are they, are they seamless penguins? No, we were, we, we were meant penguins. to go. Remember that bit where, where Pete said, are you going to go straight into the audio file? And I said yes, and then I didn't. Right, I let's fix that. that. <laughs> let's fix that. I'm such a muffin. Okay, back in a minute. Powerful people. Encyclopedia Galactica presents biographies of notable people in the galaxy. This week, Felicia Winters. Felicia Winters never wanted to be federal president. The one-time corporate suit at the Sirius Corporation, born in Tall City, worked in politics for 37 years before, at the age of 71, she got her big break. Appointed by the Liberal Party leader and newly elected federal president, Jasmina Halsey, to the position of Secretary of State, Congressman Winters had achieved all she wanted from politics. Power without too much responsibility. The ability to wield the levers of state without being in the full glare of publicity. Her close friend, Nigel Smeaton, was vice president, and although she may not have privately agreed with President Halsey's belligerence, in public at least, she was willing to stand shoulder to shoulder with a president who declared Onionhead illegal and then immediately undertook a campaign of firebombing Onionhead plantations from low orbit. A president who sanctioned the infamous Battle for Loo and who then ordered her navy to fire upon ships loaded with refugees. A president who vanished suddenly with the presidential flight Starship One 
on the 26th of May 3301. Oh, the President vanished. But that's what Vice Presidents are for, right? Well, yes. But Vice President Nigel Smeaton was unfortunately unable to step in to Halsey's now missing shoes, as he was a bit busy being dead, having drowned mysteriously four months earlier, allegedly as a consequence of asking awkward questions about the disappearance of the Highliner Antares during its maiden voyage in 3251, something that had been a huge embarrassment for the Sirius Corporation. So, the Vice President died because he asked awkward questions about the disappearance of a spaceship, and the President vanished because of the disappearance of a spaceship. Is that a coincidence? In any case, it left Felicia Winters as the next available candidate to become President. The day after Starship One vanished, Felicia Winters became the unwilling acting President of the Federation. She needn't have worried because she was about to become the President with the shortest term in history. On the 27th of May, her first day in office, Winters addressed Congress and the people of the Federation, attempting to quell the rumours. It was not terrorists. It was not aliens. It was not a conspiracy, and there had been no cover-up. Her words were not enough. Winters' own party, partly driven by their horror for the atrocities committed while Winters was Secretary of State, backed a Federal Republican Association vote of no confidence in Winters. On the 2nd of June, after only six days, Winters found herself the leader of the opposition, with the larger-than-life and unbearably smug Zachary Hudson taking over as the new federal president. It was felt at the time that it might take some years for Winters, who chose not to stand aside, to rebuild the Liberal Party as a credible challenger to take back power. Five years later, there is still no indication of a Liberal Party comeback. She has had some modest success in local politics, giving food and medical aid where it's needed. Somewhat incongruously, she can also supply pulse disruptors, which cause module malfunctions in attacked ships. Winters has made only occasional public statements. In 3302, she rejected claims that the destruction of Starship One was the result of imperial sabotage, and she called for greater trust between the superpowers. In 3304, she again spoke up for cooperation between Federation and Empire, this time as a united front against the Thargoid threat. She spoke scathingly of utopian Prana Vantel's plans to create a database of human knowledge and consciousness as a record of humanity in case it was wiped out by the Thargoids. And she backed a feasibility study into creating autonomous artificial intelligence weaponry to fight the Thargoids, the so-called Bulwark Project. Winter's most recent notable act at the very end of 3304 was to appoint matriarch of the Rochester family, Isolde Rochester, to be her deputy in the Liberal Party several months after Rochester's son Jordan had called off his wedding to Imperial Princess Ashling Duval as a consequence of Duval's infidelity. The wedding may have been planned by Winters and the Liberal Party as a political device to bring Federation and Empire closer together, if that was the intention, 
it failed dramatically. Little has been heard of Winters ever since. Tune in next week for another of the galaxy's powerful people. The Aurora Australis Hour. We've got breaking news. The watercraft operators have also used the warm helicopter hangar to empty about 80 kilos of water from an inflatable rubber boat, some sort of dinghy, I imagine, that had become a rigid inflatable boat due to the 80-odd litres of water sitting each side of the hull speed tube under the floor plates frozen into two solid blocks. So next time you have to go and scrape the windscreen of your car, I don't want to hear any complaints. And now... Back to our usual nonsense. Time to get ready for the Texan teller of tall tales, the hawker of Houston hyperbole, and what better way to prepare us than Inchworm by Janice Mars. And no, we're not making any personal commentary on Big Buck's Little Helper. If you can't turn a profit, then you're out of luck. It's for the mother that we fly all over the space. Point to two light years crossed at a hill of a base. Just turn the wheel and keep that smile on your face. Maybe someday soon you'll be a top trucker. Well, howdy there, y'all. This here's Buck Naked, spokesman for Lacon Spaceways. Back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you tootle around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself, relatively pain-free, by going to the website hot.forthemug.com Almost as pain-free as an early morning dentist visit. So let's get on to our top truckers this week. Yeehaw! From the explorers, jumping around like them rabbits in a field, Commander Bowl of Petunias jumped over 56,700 light years. Apparently, the bowl had something to prove. Captain Kuroi Kasumi decided to keep pulling the trigger and wound up turning the despicably dirty do-batter Don Antonacci and his band of pathetic pirates into space dust this week. He racked up another 48.6 million credits worth of bounties while tearing the engines out of each and every one of the Don ships for the second week in a row. Running missions like no other, Commander Cassie Online racked in 529 mission points this week, 
knocking the Nocti out of first place. Loading up the new trailer attachment to the rear of a Lacon Type 9 and filling to the brim, Commander Light 027 hauled over 32,000 tons of cargo around the galaxy. Commander Cassie Online bought over 67,000 tons, but we don't know where it all went. Keeping control of the Hutton High Speed Rail this week, we got our Major General Nocti delivering 11,817 passengers around the galaxy. That's three weeks in a row now. Word is that his 3D printer is still super busy and he ain't got nothing better to do. Our fastest run to Hutton Orbital is held by Commander Brett Riverboat in 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 31 seconds. But the fastest run to Hutton in February, that has two R's in it, is held by Commander Doc Jack in 1 hour, 23 minutes, and 4 seconds. If y'all think you got what it takes to beat these scores, then download the Hutton Helper and get to flying. You want to hear your name on this here radio station? Make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one, get in touch with us to get your very own Hutton decal for your ship. Hutton Top Trucker, brought to you by Lacon Spaceways, the only ships in the galaxy would come with a dictionary in the cubby. That's a glove box for us on the better side of the pond. <laughs> yeah, <me>. we're <coughs> back. Psykit's joined us. Hello, Psykit. Hello, hello. Welcome into the Penguin stream. Uh, we are, of course, uh, I, I, one of the facts that occurred to me is actually I put more penguins on the stream than have been born in that colony. And that's horrific. That's just sad. That really is. That's um, oh, that's brought me down again now. Sorry, but as much as they are cute, we love penguins, and we need to do something to protect them. That is. Yeah. Everybody, stop ruining the planet. Just stop it now, okay? That's it. Game over. No more. Yeah. But there you go. That, no, that was I've, stern, I've taken it? the drinking my get my beer on draft, so I'm not using any of those little plastic connectors for the uh, cans <laughs> and no disposable cups for you only the sippy cup i've just started yeah. drinking oh, absolutely the copious, sippy cup never leaves my side copious amounts so that i no longer care <laughs> <laughs> right well we've had to, we've been doing a theme this evening um we're not going to give it away just yet but um now we, we have to look at the guesses very carefully here do you want a quick recap of the tunes we've had so far with um before we go to the the next tune and a bit of a banter. So the tunes we've had so far. Who wants to go? Who wants to go first? See if we can get them the right way around. The right one by the right person, not the wrong way around by the wrong person. Um, so Flossie, do you, do you want to introduce what? What was our first tune? Do you remember? Um, Press repair by Yeti Nord. Yay! Yay. Someone's been paying attention. <laughs> yes, press repair by Jenny Nord, and then the second one, Amelia. Broken prose by Spirit Plate. And then Dead Meat, the third one. The third one was Inchworm 
by Janice Mars. Okay, and that said, then have we had? We're obviously not going to give away if anybody's had any real good guesses yet. But um, what guesses have we had, Mister Cow? Have you seen any guesses yet? Nah, that's not. Nah. My, that's not my department. No, not your department. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> I, I, be, I have been collating the. Uh, um, are, there, are there any? Yeah, are there any we can read? Are there any yes, that there are. aren't <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> Oh, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Which do you want? You know, do you want it readable or do you want it not rude? I'm sorry, if they're here, they're rude, of course. Um, uh, we'll start with Litho Breaker's f- first one. Yes, then, we, we, had, we had two because he thinks. I think he sort of throws them up against the wall and see which one sticks. I think that does how he does so like many things in life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after the first uh, the first tune, he was saying, "Well, if Cow's going to pronounce it pronounce it like that, I have to get the obligatory Witcher guess in." But is that from uh, Yaskia, the Bard? Mm-hmm. tush. I actually watched it now. Uh, no, that's not right. No, it's, it's, it's of course it's from Yennefer. Mm. From Yennefer. Oh, right. Yes, Yen- Yennefer and Yaskia. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, I get it now. Um, we haven't had any from Folko Took yet, have we? No, no, nothing. No, no. Folko Took's been very quiet. Yeah, on that front. Focus they, they they break, did you have a second guess? The theme guesses are above my oh, pay grade. Yeah. He knows me too well. Sorry, Sean, he knows me too well. <laughs> I'm not trusted with that kind of thing. Oof. Now, Litho Breaker, it's definitely not that one, okay? Uh, we do know how Dead Meat likes to press up against them. <laughs> yeah, we get the joke. Okay, well done. No, it's not that word. I thought it was a good guess. <laughs> it's, well, there's the, good reason. The explanations, yeah, the, there is a reason there, but it's the wrong reason. Um, and also, uh, I don't think we've already got... guessed it. Well, yes. Right, it's a stock guess from you, isn't it? Uh, Falco just sent me a message saying he's been busy but trying to come up with a guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, there's there's um, there's one more tune, and then we'll have our sort of our bye bye chat and the explanation at the end of it. So, um, Mr. Cow, would you would you like to um, introduce the next tune you can moan about? I mean, sorry, you can love on the radio show. What? Say, I just said, you know, you're about to get banned for your choice of music tonight. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm not sure it's getting any better. It's to the theme, you know. No, you know, last week I was away on, and this is a, a bizarre aside. Uh, last week I was away with my brother-in-law, who managed to get tickets to take us to see the filming of uh, All Round to Mrs. Brown's Boys. Now, I imagined and envisioned going in and sitting there and the guests would be Nigel Farage, Jimmy Cranky, and then it'd be some band that Dave picked a song for for a theme as their resident band. That's not what we got. We had Lee Mack, we had, and I cannot remember her name, but she's from Silent Witness, uh, amazing wee actress, and Billy Ocean. Now, the only reason is, I'm not making any reference, I mean, you know, Pay grades aside, in my pay review, I have to avoid making references about Buck's Inchworm from this point forward. Um, But, you know, Billy Ocean and cut copy by Ocean Blue. So, cut copy by Ocean... I don't get the theme. I I was going there with Buck's Inchworm and cut, but, you know. (laughs) You wouldn't be cutting it to get an inch. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> we can't discuss what we what was going no, on. In what that. was just happening? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was too rude. Hello, everybody. Right, Flossie's going to hit everybody with a pan. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh yeah. <laughs> That's a beefy pan. That is. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, it's um, we didn't say this, um, and and I have to say that if you do happen to catch Commander Simuth and you wish him a happy birthday, do not be offended if he tells you to get fucked. <laughs> right? He says his official. <laughs> you spoiled the secret. We were going to sing again. Oh God. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just doing I can. He's not about, but essentially, <laughs> right? Simon, do you fancy going out for dinner for your birthday? Why? Well, it's, it's a birthday. You should do something special. It's not fucking special. Everyone's got one. He's become a right <laughs> miserable bastard, right? <laughs> Don't I tell you, I love your brother. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was yeah. my sister's birthday, of course, last week. So that's when this get fucked started. Well, you know, you're not going to come out for dinner for your sister's birthday. And you're like, oh, get fucked. Everyone's got a birthday. It's nothing special. And I said, well, not everybody. Some people stop. And um, anyway, we uh, so and you know, and then point out, you know, you're likely to stop if you're not careful. And um, so he's he, I picked up a little something special. Now we had a steak from Morrison's, which was entirely delicious. I mean, amazing. And and we can, can you know, uh, I need to start um, making some steaks for you guys when you're up in Glasgow, and we'll um, come round and have some dinner because we're we're getting yeah, I'm up, I'm up for your birthday uh, again. It is is your birthday in the spring, isn't it? Uh, yep, yep, I think so. I think, yeah, I think I I'm, up, think I'm up for your birthday again. Woohoo! Yeah. I was going to say, who's up for a road trip? <laughs> yeah, we're looking for a trip up to Glasgow this year. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh-huh. we'll we meet up. And, and then out, out, to, out going around the distilleries, we're thinking, go out to Isla and. Ooh, lovely. Mm. Distilleries. Mm. Good choice. Um, so, we will. Well, I've been I've been working on steaks, and I told him I'd got him something for his birthday, and he said, "Ah, I get fucked." Um, and um, <laughs> I said, "No, it's something we haven't done before." And what I'd managed to uh, find is um, I've managed to get a hold of uh, what is it? Wagyu Wagyu steaks. Oh yes, Japanese Wagyu beef. Yes, or, or widely they kind of- massage the beef. Whilst, yeah. whilst it's growing, they quite regard mm. regarded as the best you can get. It's so, <laughs> are you thinking of beef or pork? It's hard to tell. Was that oh, an earlier subject? Stop that. Okay, duck, so, duck. Oh, nice. Uh, we are. I'm so. I'm. I'm looking forward to us attempting to cook one of those for the first time as as part of his birthday. So that'll be Monday. We'll get to try that, but. It was just something, you know, and then, then of course, you realise that actually, when it comes to your birthday, you don't. It's just an excuse to do something fun, you know. The rest of the year, shite. So you might as well do something fun. Generally, for, for mine, you know, Dave's usually yeah. up working, so we tend to either do a Viva Brazil, a steakhouse, or a pizza meet, or or just get together at Moof's house. Uh, in fact, it may well be a visit to Moof's house, and we might do steaks there. But um, because Moof has a new sound system arriving, which should make it a spectacular place to go and watch some things. I've mm. totally derailed. Sorry, Karumba. And Psykit was there. Hello, Psykit. Hello, nice to see you. Thank you for all the work you've been doing on the mugs. We did give you a shout out earlier on because we really do appreciate um, your tireless efforts in what can only be described as a mental illness. Well, <clears throat> mods. Anybody. Mods madness. Anybody rushing in to do the Hot Mess project has got something missing. There is some... I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's a serious issue that requires treatment, but you're clearly deficient in something 
better to do with your time. <laughs> that's, no, that's, it's epic. No, it's, you it's can't, you can't put people off. Yeah. We're supposed to be turning people on to this idea. <laughs> it's, it's relaxing. Amazing. It's nearly yeah. as relaxing as, as exploring. It's, it's, it's exploring where people shoot at you every so often, that's all. Well, I've been doing it. I was in my Type 6, my little Type 6, which I need a mini cow skin for. No hints, Frontier. You've just done an auction and you missed your opportunity. Type Six cow skins. I need that for the baby cow, for the calf. You know, just slightly pinker rudders. That that kind of thing. That would be awesome. Okay, it boggles the mind now. Well, the Type 6 is basically a, a baby Type 9, is it not? Um, yeah, I suppose if you sort of chopped the middle bit with the cockpit out and just took the middle bit. I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've, I, mean I, can ex- I can reveal exclusively now that the update coming this year in 2020, this is the point where Dave starts to get a, a niggle in his bum and he starts to panic. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the NDA letters start flashing. I've not got one. So and I, I know. You know it, it's, it's, it's the minder that the Don sits behind me, just cocks his shotgun and points it <laughs> at the back of my head. I know what's coming in 2020. You're going to be able to dock a Type 6 with your Type 9, creating a Type 15. <laughs> and it will just lock in, and it will give you the extra cargo. And then you can bring another one. And it's going to be called Elite Lego. You heard it here. You heard it here. <laughs> I told you first. Get that up, you yamics. I up 42 ships. Surely a, a Type 9 and two Type 6s would be a Type Vantaya. <laughs> it would be. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> hey, somebody, somebody's on the ball this evening. <laughs> he's doing right, it. Um, it is, but it's a very r- right, strange shape one that he's on. It's all going a bit strange now. Should, should we, should we put, first. put everybody out of their misery? Okay, yes. We'll do, before that, we've okay. had a late guest from Falco Took. Just have been breezed in and breezed out again. Uh, his guess was it was books because they contain prose that are printed on a press and read by bookworms. And then copy could be another word for what's written in a book. So nice close. try, you demented idiot. So, no. close. <laughs> so close, Mr. Falco took. <laughs> oh dear. Well, should we should we should we have a recap again? And um <laughs> this time this time completely give it away. So um Flossie. Uh yes. Are you there? Go on then, reveal yeah. and put us out of the misery, and then we'll tell everybody who, who won as well. Uh, what was this week's theme? This week's theme. Oh, she got cut off. That's a shame. This week's theme was... Hang on, I'm scrolling back. <laughs> this is all for suspense, you know that, right? Yeah. This is what we did to Mike the other week when you weren't, when you weren't here, Mr. Cow. We Gallant. made Mike run over the studio. Galnet missing in action. Yes, it is Galnet missing in action. But how do they all link? Mr. Cow, the first tune. Right, well, Broken Prose by Spirit Plate. Now, clearly Galnet... No, that's the second is tune. It? Oh, the first one was that. Yeah. I don't know what the first one has to do. It's over here. It, it, it was, of course, Yenny's Nords. Now, of course, Yenny's Nords uh, were unfortunately lost during uh, a mishap uh, as she tried to exit a subway train too quickly and the doors shut. No. Um, what was the song that they sang? No, it was called Press Rocks. Repair. Press. <laughs> the one. See, I should have scrolled back up. That would have saved an awful lot of that mishap. Um, yeah, Press Repair, which, of course, uh, is to do with uh, Mr. Galnet's sanitary towels. No. 
Some it's pre- during pre- me, Mr. Cowell, <laughs> this week. The news oh, is broken. Like. Press repair. I think you've caught you've caught mods off LCU. The you know the the inappropriate variety. Well, yeah, there's always going to be the case. So press repair, of course, means that there is no press and it needs repaired because Galnet is broken. Uh, but that's got nothing yep. to do with Yenny or her Nords. And 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 then uh, Amelia, the the second one. Broken prose with spirit plate. I'm guessing broken. Broken prose. Yes, prose. the words are all broken. And um, then the uh, Mr. Wotherspoon. Hello, Inchworm. Inchworm, Janus Mars. Inch, column inches, I'm guessing. Oh, absolutely. Thank you very much, Mr. Wotherspoon. And then Dead Meat. Oh, ocean Blue with cut copy because they've cut out all the copy. Oh, dear. So, yes, um, obviously, while we say our bye-bye is in the end of the show bit, which Mr. Kehoe will uh, help me do in a minute, um, you can all take a guess what the last tune's going to be if you are on the Twitch chat channel. It's not um, in mono. We'll see who's this. It's not in mono. <laughs> right. Um, the, su- the successful guess is um, Mr. Palantir. It's from Karumba, who actually guessed the theme fairly early on. In fact, right after the first tune and got all of the links absolutely correct. If there was a prize, you'd get it, but there isn't one, so you don't get it. So here is the prize we're not sending you. Here's what you could have won. I Karumba. You did very well, Karumba. You out-guessed Falco Took by, oh, a light year at least. Yeah, but uh, but um, Litho Breaker did also, I think, get it at some point? Yes, he did, but it was a load <coughs> yeah. of crap, so, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, lost yeah. it. But Litho Breaker um, is a spent force. Yeah, and uh, that, that was all the guesses for this week, other than obviously Falco nope. Took's terrible, it, terrible attempt. It was so, so close, but not quite. Is it worth explaining why sort of today is particularly important in Galnet history? Well, go on then. Okay. If you go to Station Services and open Galnet, or if you go onto your right-hand panel in the cockpit and select Galnet and open it up, you will find exactly two articles. The two articles are the automatic articles one about Thargoids and the, the other one about the power play situation. And then you'll see a big blank empty space because all the Galnet articles that are left are more than a month old now, and so they don't show up in-game. You need to go to, to, to the out-of-game um, places like the launcher, for example, to see them. So, so we actually now have a complete month without a single Galnet article. There have been two this year so far on the and 13th if you've and 14th been... of January. If you've been listening to the show and the articles over the last few weeks, then yes, the kidnap and the suppression of the press and the kidnap mm. of the writers and all sorts has featured heavily in news articles it over has. the next last bit. It has. But we're hoping they'll be back at some point. We hope so, yes. yes in the meantime... Let them go and let them write some more. In, in the meantime, Commander Wotherspoon will carry on making up the articles. Yeah. So... I will. Which have been have awesome. To. Yep, so you. you don't have to, Frontier. Anyway, <clears throat> um, have you got anything else, Mr. Cow, for this evening? Me? No, I think I've probably done enough. <laughs> You've done all the damage you can. Yep. Well, we, <laughs> we have lots of thank yous to, 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 to give away. I mean, as usual, to uh, Falco Took and to Atrus5060 for their submissions. And to Buck Naked. Yes, indeed. And his, um, 
And has everyone and, and his inchworm? Has everyone received their muggies now as well? We're still looking some for photos to come in from people with their muggies. If you've not got them, um, it's probably worth. I'm not sure what we can do about it, but you know, getting in touch with uh, Mr. Winnard uh, at um, uh, whatever his email address is, or just message him uh, Listry69 in game and let him know, and he can check into it for you. But everyone, hopefully by now, should have their muggies and. Um, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone involved in that project. It was a ton of fun and uh, and, and a lovely way to start a year of what feels like it's going to be full of lots of lovely fun. Absolutely. Um, What other things do we do? We have to have, obviously, thanks to you, Mr. Cal, for uh, hosting this evening. Ah, shucks. Thank you for for writing stuff to words. words, And and Sean for words. to, To Norman for... Yeah, Norman for vacating your seat and leaving it slightly warm for you. Yeah, I don't know what he's done, but could you please not let him have pot noodles? <laughs> oh, you wish it was pot noodles. <laughs> it's those orange stains on the seats. Um, and obviously to uh, co-writer, Mr. Palantir. Thank you. And to you. A pleasure. And obviously we, we look forward to your, your next movie. Pick one, with, pick one with words this time. Yes, yes, I will. We'll do this time. I believe pick a nice Snowman quotable could. one. Lots of lots of one-liners, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll try harder next time. Yep. Um, obviously, to Commander Flossy and all of the updates on the CCCG and mm-hmm. uh, what the other groups are doing out in the galaxy. Thank you very much. Thank you. And don't forget, if you are representing a player group and you guys are up to anything, then please do let us know so we can include it in Flossie's little bit of the news in future weeks. Also, to our favourite uh, mining superstar, Amelia. Mug, mug, mug. Mug, mug, mining mug, yep. And to the ever mellifluous Commander Wotherspoon. For the mug. And the dead meat GF. For the mug. Other than that, um, it'll be same time, same place uh, next week. It will be, yes, with uh, Ventura back on the tech. And Dave, are you about next week? Uh, Thursday. Yeah, I think I think I should be next week. Yes. 20th, 20th. I'm Just away. about. Yeah, I'm not out then. It's the 29th. I don't think I've got anything on either the 29th. I've got a few interesting social calendar things this there uh, to, to get well, The week after is you and not me. Yeah. The week after is you and not me. But um, so I get to have a nice week off listening to you lot um, mangling the scripts. I might even not write anything that week as well. Leave Sean in charge. I I can write it, but you you know what uh, what, uh, words? (laughs) Yeah, but nobody can read your handwriting. That's the problem. (sighs) You do it all in dialect. Yeah. And thank you very much, of course, to our our listeners and our viewers over on uh, the Twitch channel, uh, Twitch.tv/slash Hutton Orbital Truckers, and to the listeners on Radio.ForTheMug.com. Um, and then, Cal, do, would you like to introduce our last tune? I don't think anybody's guessed a, a right answer yet for the final tune. Would you like oh, to introduce our... This is a corking tune, and it's a, it's, a, it's the one thing that redeems Dave for, for another week, is the fact that the final song is from the Welsh uh, supergroup. Uh, that's right, the Chuckle Brothers. No, it's not. It's Stereophonics, and um, in style of the theme for tonight, it is titled Mr. Writer. We're going to come in with that in a second. Uh, just remains for us all to say goodnight and for the mug to you all. That was a cue. That for the was, mug. There we go. For the mug, everyone. Mug. For the mug. mug. We'll see mug. you mug. next mug. time. Where's my buttons? They're right here. There they are. Ah, this is it. Good night, and thank you for sticking with us. They're in the fridge next to the Smarties. Ah! Oh.
Oh man, it's under the Mars bar. No wonder I can never find the damn things. <laughs>